Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. If you are a new subscriber, you can get the most out of the Master's Voice Prophecy blog by taking advantage of the playlists that are here on the channel on YouTube. There aren't playlists on every platform that you can find the Master's Voice on, but here on YouTube for sure, as well as on BitChute and Brighteon. The material has been organized into playlists and that makes it easier for you to go through it as you're looking for understanding about particular themes. The most important playlist on the Master's Voice is always the Russia and China playlist. Russia and China are central to the understanding of what the Master's Voice is about. This is an end times prophecy blog where the Lord has given me, Celestial, his words to bring forth first and foremost to the nation of the United States and then to all other nations, territories, and peoples as he moves. And today I am continuing with opening up the words of the Lord. This particular prophecy is going to be integrated with things that I have covered in the past that have to do with the Nephilim. But there is one last prophecy that I have not covered and that prophecy has so many parts that I never gave it a name. That prophecy um, contains, it's my personal notes, actually. So it was not exactly a prophecy ever to be published on the master's voice, but because it contains one section in particular that must be brought out, this is a section that I have spoken about quite, quite a few times in quite a few videos that were under the LGBTQ sexual immorality, fornication, and sex sins series, and that is the sin of bestiality. I cannot leave that prophecy out despite the fact that it is extremely uncomfortable material for me, for the simple fact that I have to do the Lord's work in completeness, in wholeness. I can't leave it out, and also because God has spoken these things. And as the Lord was giving me this prophecy, it weighed very heavily on my heart, extremely heavily to the point where I was experiencing physical sickness. And because of that, the Lord showed me the same mercy that he always shows the prophets in the Old Testament when he brings them to a place where they've been faithfully carrying out his word. And then he brings them to a place where he either says something to them or he requires something from them that is so hard that even they as faithful men have to say to him, God, this is very hard for me. And at least in Ezekiel's case, the Lord relented in what he required. And instead of asking Ezekiel to cook his food for a lengthy period of time using human waste, God allowed Ezekiel to use animal waste, which was no less defiling, just a smaller step down from what God wanted. And so, this prophecy has no name, but I will be integrating things from the past that support the information. I'm not going to start with bestiality that will be dealt with at the end of the prophecy. And so this is going to be a lengthy video and you need to understand that I have absolutely no inclination to rush through God's material. After all, he's been waiting this long for us to listen, this long for us to be still, this long for us to stop sinning, this long for us to pay attention. But since we as a collective here in the United States and also people around the world don't really seem to want to come into agreement with God's word, then when it's time to bring his prophecies out, I'm going to take my time and do my very best. 
And so I'm going to start with information that was covered in the last prophecy, and that is from the prophecy, the mighty men are returning June 26, 2023. And that prophecy covered extensively in two parts, the fact that the Lord says that part of the end times judgment that will come to the entire earth, this includes the church, the entire earth will be that in the end times, we will see the return of the creatures and the powerful men, so to speak. They are not men. They are actually powerful hybrids that are the children of humanity and angelic spirits, angels that took on the form of men and came into the earth long ago to take wives of all whom they chose. And they brought forth children upon these upon the surface of the earth who are not human some of them do look human but they were not human they were called in those days the mighty men and these these giants as you as you would like to call it these giants populated the entire earth they ran amok they were because they were extremely powerful they were extremely mighty they were extremely large. They had the advantage of size, of speed, of skill, of cunning. Um, some of them were extremely intelligent. And so uh, they greatly overpowered the human community and they set themselves up as kings and gods. And this is why if you look throughout history of any civilization, whether it is a civilization on any continent you would like to pick, you would like to point to, stories exist of a race that came and dominated the human race. Stories exist of men who were larger than life, men who accomplished incredible feats, men who could fight dragons while the human population just stood there and gawked, men who fought things that were in the sea, men who actually married things that were in the sea. And these were the mighty men. And God is now saying that the punishment of sinful humanity is that we will share the earth with these beings as they come out of hiding, as they come out of the places where they retreated at the command of the Lord. In some cases, they were beaten back by the human population. People just got tired of being murdered. People got tired of being eaten. And human populations mounted great rebellions against these beings. Several of them are documented in the Bible, such as how Israel wiped out um, a great king of the old world called Og of Bashan. Og was a king that was standing multiple feet tall. He had a massive bed. Um, I think he, he was the same size as, or perhaps just a little smaller than Goliath, but Og was definitely one of these that are called the mighty men. And the Bible records a lot of battles actually between Israel and these people because God had given Israel the command to go into the promised land and the promised land was completely overrun with the things like the Anakim and I think the Zimzumim these were different tribes that were extremely extremely large extremely intimidating but Israel was able to take on these peoples because God was with them but we are not ancient Israel the Church of Jesus Christ cannot even get through a home Bible study without getting distracted and bored and not able to follow along what the Bible is saying. And so we are definitely not a people prepared to fight this type of thing. And since these are spiritual beings, it is only people who are walking in the spirit, not in the flesh, not in their opinions, definitely not in the fake knowledge that they're getting from social media. These are only people who have invested 
their time in the Holy Spirit, in the truth of God, learning God's word, who at least will be at the forefront of being able to come to confront in faith, in Jesus's power, spiritual and natural beings that are returning. And you must understand why are they returning? These creatures are coming back because they actually believe that earth belongs to them because they dominated in the old world. And after God's judgment intervened and they were driven away, obviously they carry hatred in the heart. They carry resentment in the heart. Resentment against man is a small thing. They carry a vast and overwhelming hatred for the Lord God himself. And so they are orchestrating a comeback and they're not that far into the shadows as people think. You look at the society around you, you look at how technology is moving ahead in leaps and bounds. And of course, the hubris of man, the pride of man will make him think that the reason that society is advancing so much is because we're so smart and we have a few computers and the camera now has nine holes instead of six holes at the back. And so we're so intelligent that we actually think that all the things that we're putting together and putting out on the open market is us and our big brains, but actually the mighty men the fallen angels, the Nephilim are the ones who are behind the drapery, behind the curtain of human society. They are actually the thought influencers and leaders. And we are the lemmings, the mindless slaves who have rejected God from our communities, from our homes, from our churches, from our families, from our very hearts. We have a lust for the things of Satan. We love the things of the world. We love these so-called advancements. We love the idea of AI being able to scan us and quickly pick up a disease. And God is the one who has brought forth the realization and the revelation that after AI scans you and picks up a disease, it's not going to go the way you think. There is a very, there's a long 35 minute prophecy where the Lord says that yes, AI will scan you. But then what you don't know is that when AI scans you and finds that your body is about 40% still working and 60% filled with sickness. AI is simply going to say that your body is for scrap. They're going to deny people help at the hospitals. Once the disease has advanced beyond a certain point, you're thinking that the fallen angels are going to come and miraculously heal the cancer and heal this sickness and that sickness. And they will for a time, because it's just what I call a sign up promo. It's all a deception that they will do in the beginning and saying, we can heal this and heal that. After a while, the AI will start to say that human beings, men and women are optimal and suboptimal. So if you have too much body weight, for instance, if you're too short, if you have some kind of disease that you're fighting, the AI will mark you not worth saving. And then the hospital will refuse you treatment and they will simply send you on your way to fend for yourself. So there's a lot more that is going on behind the scenes of real life than people know. People think that they are in control of the governments, the nations, the policies, the so-called international organizations, but we are not. We have already been co-opted from within, and therefore the prophetic word of the Lord is coming forth simply to show us where the earth is going. There is a part of the prophecy here that we are going to look at and integrate it with past prophecies so that people can have better understanding about what God is saying. And then God willing, I will be able to start handling the new material. The mighty men are returning June 26, 2023. And here's the part that I will read having covered everything else in depth. Do not accept anyone with fish scales. Do not accept them. 
do not receive anyone bearing evidence of these genes among you. Do not marry them or receive them. They are carrying the evidence of the past incursions into the world, past transgressions, past invasions into society. Do not receive such people who have extra digits, extra toes and fingers, scaly skin, strange eyes, and webbed hands and feet. Stay away from them. There is a gene still expressing itself, and if you marry them, it will express itself in you. This is the message of the Lord. And so, if I can look at this in a little bit more detail, holistically, the first thing that God is saying here is that there are certain things that are going to separate what God calls good. Basically, you can find what God calls good if you look at Genesis chapter 1, where God made um, the firmament, and then he said that was good, and he separated day from night, and he said that was good. He made the animals of the earth, and he said that was good. He made the animals of the sea, the birds of the air, he said that was good. He made different things like the trees and vegetation, he called that good. He made the lights that give us light in the sky. And he said that was good. And at the last, he made man. He said man was good. And then he rested. And something key about how God made man is that God breathed into the mouth of Adam and Adam received nefesh, which is breath of life, which is the soul. And so this is the key, the central and the pivotal thing that God gives humanity. God created all the animals and we may speculate as to whether they have souls or not, but there is one thing that is ironclad in scripture, which is that God breathed into man, which is what we call almost the kiss of life. It's an extremely intimate act, and it is the act of a father taking a deliberate step to share what can only come from him into his creation. God didn't breathe into the mouth of mermaids. He didn't breathe into the mouths of the horses and the pigs and the cattle that we have. He didn't breathe into the lives of guava trees and ferns. He only breathed into the mouth of man. And the fact that we have God's breath, nefesh, soul in us, is what makes us ex extraordinary upon this earth and sets us apart. Because as the Lord was sharing to me tonight, and I've put it in my notes, even the angels do not have souls. The angels are spirits. So I didn't say they have spirits. That is what they are. They are spirits. We have spirits. We are not spirits. We have a spirit and we also have a soul. And the soul is the thing that is almost like a captain in the heart going this way and that way, following either God or the devil. There are no other choices in case you were confused. There's only following God, God's word, God's way, God's law, God's truth, and at the helm of it all, God himself, or there is the devil, Satan's way, Satan's truth, Satan's perspective, Satan's way of twisting everything, Satan's complete joy in taking what is God's way and perverting it until it bends to his way. You're either, in fo either following God's way or you're following the devil's way. And the captain inside choosing the way always is your soul. So in the Christian, what God wants is for the spirit inside to cleave to God's word, to come to love God's word until it's strong enough 
to rule over the soul. So that when the soul says, I want to watch TV, then the spirit says, I want to pray. I want to get closer to God. I want to strengthen myself in knowing what the father wants from me. And when the spirit is stronger, the spirit will dictate what the soul does. And if you continue in this way, if you continue to go God's righteous way, at the end of it all, you will be said to have lived a spirit-led life. You would have been led by the spirit. But if you live a life where the soul always says, I want to do this, and then you follow it, I want to call that guy and tell him to come over tonight because I'm feeling like I'm feeling a little frisky. I want to call that girl and have her drop by so we can spend some quality time. I want to look at these images on the internet that are not good for me. I want to try that stuff that everyone is smoking because I heard that it really takes the edge off. I'm having trouble in my marriage and so I'm going to go drinking and I'm going to start girls night because he's too controlling. When your soul begins to follow the broad path, your spirit will become the, the smaller one. You will be leading a soulish life, a carnal life. Your soul will be for the moment in charge of you. But the problem with a carnal life is that the way of carnality is death. If you die, you will have said to have lived a fleshly life. And the reward for that is eternal separation from God, which can be loosely translated into being in the lake of fire in your eternal body forever. Remember, all people who go to hell chose that route Hell is not God's visitation upon anyone because God is wicked. God says that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore then choose life. That means therefore be wise and become spirit led, not soul led. If you decide while on earth to be soul led, you cannot blame God when you are off earth and being judged now in the spiritual realm to blame God for the choices that you made. This is why I say here on the master's voice prophecy blog, if you don't own your choices here on earth, you have no one to blame when you are outside of the body because outside of the body, this is after death, which none of us knows when it is coming. You have no way to fix it. You cannot then begin to cry and say, oh God, I want to go back to earth. I want to believe that woman. I want to stop mocking. I want to listen now. I want to read my Bible. Oh God gave me a second chance. The Bible already covers that when it says that the rich man did all that. He had his choice and he made bad choices and he died and went to hell. And when he was in hell, he was asking and saying, can someone please go back to earth to warn my brothers? I don't want them to come to this place. And he was denied that request. He wanted someone to come and put water on his lips because hell was so hot and he was denied that request. So the choices that we make here on earth, they 100% come from inside. And so people who hear the truth of God's word and continually say, oh no, you know, this stuff sounds so good, but I just, you know, I don't have the money to go and live by myself. That's why I'm living with a man or that's why I'm living with a woman. You're making excuses now. All you should do is just really hope that you don't die in that situation because you die fornicating, you die lying, you die in greed, you die in any of the things that the Lord says is worthy of death. People don't even know that in the book of Revelation, it says that liars will have their place in the lake of fire. We live in a society right here in America where people lie by the second. People lie when it's convenient. They lie when they feel stressed. They lie when they feel cornered. Some people lie because they think it's fun. Imagine losing your eternal soul simply because you were unable to speak 
the truth. You had a tongue that was twisted, forked, two directions, serpent tongue. Most people will say, it's not fair. I don't have to go to hell for a small thing like a lie. But then that just goes to show what the Bible says, that God says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. God doesn't see things the way you do. So imagine being so foolish as to think while here on earth that God in heaven sees things the way you do. And then you die and you find that God is only interested in his way, only interested in his truth, only interested in whether we receive his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, and only interested in children who committed to the spirit-led life. What a shocker to find out when you can't fix it, that on earth was the time to fix it. And so we are special as humanity because we have souls. A soul is a very precious thing. And there are many people, and I'm speaking to Christians, there are many Christians who are not aware that Satan is after that precious treasure in you. People think that Satan is after clout, that Satan is, oh no, he's attacking my money. Oh, he's attacking my peace. The devil is attacking my family. Anything that the devil attacks, he's attacking so that he can get you to act outside of godly character so that he can rob you of nefesh, the breath of life the soul. Satan wants to rob you twice. He actually wants to steal and kill and destroy you. And then after that, he wants God to examine the whole of your life and be unhappy with how you lived it and then put you into eternal separation from God, which is hell and the lake of fire. So Satan is after the money shot. Satan is after the big guns. He's after the soul. And that is why he will offer so many temptations, such as a brand new body, such as strange new ways through magic and technology and transhumanism to expand human ability, to extend human life, to make us more than man. Satan will offer what seems irresistible because as long as you have a greedy heart, as long as you have an elevated mind and you think, I don't want to be man, I want to be more than man, you will follow the devil down the broad path only to find out that heaven is only for men. The blood of Jesus is only shed for men. Satan wants people to cancel themselves out. And when I sit here and prophesy about the millions and billions of people who will do that, then people don't understand. And they say, oh no, you're making it sound like we don't have a chance. Prophecy comes from the mind of God. And prophecy is not me sharing my opinion. Prophecy is me telling you what God has already seen will happen in the future. So millions will do this. They've already been locked into that decision. The only reason I'm sitting here is that I am sitting here as a warning now in these days so that you out there can decide, are you going to end up as one of the millions or not? They absolutely will do it already. So the only wiggle room that we have now is, now that I've heard the truth, Am I going to go and get microchips in the hand? Am I going to go and have the Terminator eye? Am I going for the titanium limb, limb lengthening surgery? That's all there is. Millions will choose this way and millions will perish outside the rest of God. The only wiggle room and the only question that I'm here to help you settle is, are you going to be one of the millions or not? Just a moment, please. So now that we understand what exactly the devil is after, 
let's look at why God is saying these things. Traditionally in the Old Testament, God made sure that there wasn't room for error because God is not a God of error and God is not a God of confusion. So he took his time to make sure that nobody could claim that they were confused about what life was supposed to be like. The Lord gave Moses the law of Moses and the law of Moses was not just the 10 commandments. It was a whole set of laws for daily living, laws for religious practice, laws for societal practice, laws that covered basically every single aspect of human life, even down to what they could eat and not eat. And what God did this for was to make his people separate and set apart from all the people that lived around them. So all the dietary laws and all the laws for how clothing was to be made and all the laws for how families were to be run and all the laws for sexual practice and all the laws for worship, all those laws existed not to put Israel in a cage, but to distinguish Israel from all the people who were around them. God was doing this because he wanted his people to live distinct from the other nations and tribes who by that time were already heavily corrupted in the aftermath of what he keeps calling in these prophecies the incursion of the in the angels incursion an incursion is basically an it's it's a word for almost like an attack but it's more like a sneak entry into so you can if you want to visualize it think of when the marines go into other people's countries without the proper laws without the proper entry requirements without visas they just go there with stealth planes and everything and they drop in and they carry out covert missions and they carry out business that they should not be carrying out why because they're not going through official channels and they're not following the official protocols. That's what an incursion is. It's a backdoor way to getting something done that you want. And so God is saying that angels entering into the earth to mingle with human flesh is definitely an incursion. It is something that God absolutely did not envisage, envisage meaning he did not set this up in his version of the world that he wanted. And to be fair, God never set up Adam and Eve to sin either and spoil the whole thing. So it just goes to show God has intentions and his intentions are all, always clearly laid out. But then the human heart has free will. And the human heart has intentions too. And angelic hearts have free will and angelic hearts have intentions too. And so when human intentions and angelic intentions get a chance at the wheel, the car is always going to go smashing into the wall. So God made these laws because he wanted his people to be separate. And if you look at God's laws, there's a ton of do nots. Do not do this and do not do that. And when I reach to the part about bestiality in this, pro in this prophecy, I'll read out clear instructions where it could not be more evenly and clearly set out that God says that the human body is never supposed to touch or be near animal bodies in any way, shape or form for sexual activity. But when people have their own hearts that go astray onto the broad path that leads to destruction, then we have sick things entering into society. And so God says that we are not to accept certain markers among us 
We are not to accept it. So then people will say, oh, but why celestial and why this? I want to let you know something. If you are someone who makes it your practice to continually question God, God will say something and then your next thing is, but why? You should actually know, and I'm going to tell you without any hesitation, that you are a person that actually has an unsubmitted spirit. And there are a lot of people in this nation with unsubmitted spirits. They pride themselves on being logicians. They pride themselves on being intelligent people question, intelligent people ask questions. There are many of you intelligent people that will be keeping yourself warm in the warm place at the ends of times because what you have never learned is actually to humble yourself and to submit yourself so that God can be the one to instruct you. When people are humble, you actually find that they are carrying entire libraries in their hearts because they have humbled themselves before the Lord and he has lifted them up. They have subjected themselves to many quiet hours of teaching aside with Jesus Christ, just Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and maybe just a pen and paper. They might be studying just a simple story in the Bible and God is observing that child being obedient to study the word of God, and the Lord will come to that person and begin to converse with that person. He will begin to open the Bible verse in ways that this person has never seen before. And then he will give them clues and tips and tricks that could take them on an incredible journey of learning. But this experience is forbidden to the proud. The proud are excluded from the intimate, that's what I call them, the intimate counsels of God. You will never, ever, ever get this information out of God. Many of you, the things that I'm sharing here, if you did not hear it here, you would never have heard it. Now, some people may never have heard it simply because they're new to the faith and there's absolutely no indictment in that, but some people are not new to the faith. Some people have been in the church, under a church, under a pastor, under the roof of the Lord for 30 to 40 years. They have been listening to lies, to fluff, to false pastors, to false teachers, things that have taken dominion over their spirit. And then when they come to a place where the word of God is being shared, there are many things that I'm going to cover in this prophecy. And if it gets long, I will make a second video and a third video. I will make as many videos as necessary to give full expression to what God is trying to teach those who want to learn. But the people who just say, that, don't, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense to me. How can this and how can that? There's a tone inside you that I don't need to hear. I already hear it when I look at your comments sometimes. There's a tone inside you that switches off the willingness of God to come close to you, to share with you, to teach you anything. There is a tone, there is an approach that is so... It is so confrontational and I see it all the time. People, people literally think that they can jack me up over this work that I'm doing and that I'm going to stop what I'm doing and say, oh no, you don't understand. Oh no, it's this and this and that. I absolutely will not. First of all, God has taught me. I've understood it. I have it in me. I have a willingness to teach those who want to learn. But to those who think that they can just approach in this confrontational and rude fashion, just like God will give you nothing, I will also give you nothing. You can go with your why until these things come to pass. And at that time, you won't be saying, why anymore you'll be saying how is in how can I escape this creature and how can I escape the wrath that has come upon me so God gave his laws and God is trying to separate his people for a reason and these people are not asking God why 
are you giving us these laws? They are saying, okay, God, we've heard your word through the servant Moses, and we're going to obey them. And God is saying, in the old days, some of the things that God was saying don't mingle with was leprosy. If you had leprosy, you were not allowed to live in the Israelite camp. You simply couldn't. Nobody's talking about, oh, but it was so, so unfair. And didn't they, feel, didn't they feel excluded? And there was no diversity. God wasn't trying to have leprosy be a diversity in the middle of the camp. Leprosy was classified as unclean, and they simply had to go and live outside. And that is the way it was. A discharge of a sexual nature was considered as unclean on a man or a woman, and they had to go and live outside the camp. When women were on their monthly time, it was considered unclean, and they had to go and live outside the camp. So what God God was saying even if people came to live with them and those people were uncircumcised it was considered unclean outside of covenant with God and that person could not be accepted into Israelite society until he had submitted to God's rule that all men who lived in Israel should have been circumcised at age eight days it was eight days for a newborn baby and so if you were a grown man you had to go through this unless you were considered contaminated, unclean, and you simply could not participate in the society of God's people. We live in a different world today. Nobody's looking in your pants to see what you have there. And we live in a world now where people mingle with everything. So this is a country where the Lord actually had to teach me that this is a nation where instead of women considering their, their set apart time, their monthly time as unclean, Part of God's judgment on America is because America is a nation of women who lie down in their blood. That is how he called it. This is a woman, this is a nation of harlot women who at their monthly time do not abstain from mostly the fornicating sexual relationships that they participate in. Married women also do this. And this is a huge indictment on this country because what the Lord was showing me in that prophecy, which is called blood to drink, is that he said celestial things that other cultures would rather die than do. In other cultures, in other countries and nations, a man would rather die than come next to a woman on her monthly time. But in America, it's no hindrance to fornication. It's no hindrance to marital intimacy. And this is a shame upon the face of the nation. And you can't say it's because the pastors didn't teach you because these things are basic and contrary to nature. And yet millions of women do this and they see nothing wrong with it. For many of them, the first time I spoke it in that prophecy two years ago was the first time that they were hearing that this is not okay. The question is, who taught you this in your spirit? Who led you to think that this was okay? It is certainly not God's way. And so the answer when we look at the two pathways for humans is simply that Satan taught these things in this society and they have now become mingled with the people and this is why the lord always says that the united states is completely defiled just read isaiah chapter one this is one of the chapters that exist in prophecy over this nation i have covered that chapter so many times and so i will not go into it isaiah chapter one is a chapter that describes a people so fallen into despicable practice, rebellion being only one of their sins, that God says in that chapter that there is no way to heal them of their sin. There is simply no way to bring them back from their filth. And this is why the whole, this means everything, has to be destroyed. 
And that is why the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is here to read out the judgment of the nations, chief of which is the United States. And so God is saying, don't receive them, don't mingle with them. And humanity says, but we shouldn't exclude them. We should have an understanding. They will feel bad. And so you have these two conflicting viewpoints that can never marry one another because what God says will always be different to what people say. And that is why all people will have to make their choice. And here is how God puts it simply. Numbers chapter five, just a few verses. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp, of the camp, every leper, everyone who has a discharge and everyone who becomes defiled by a corpse. So you lose someone in your family and you're weeping and you're crying, but because there is a dead body in the house, the corpse will be taken outside of the camp and dead, dealt, with, dealt with, but also all the people who were present in the house are considered unclean. They have to go outside of the camp. They have to take wash and they will be considered unclean seven days and then they can come back into the, into the camp. I think it's either seven days or sometimes it is until nightfall and then you can be accepted back into the community. Carry on, verse 3. You will put out both male and female. You will put them outside of the camp that they may not defile their camps in the midst of which I dwell. And the children of Israel did so and put them outside the camp. Who is this? People with a discharge, people who were coming from funerals, people who used to bury those at the funerals, people who were lepers, people who had their monthly upon them. It says that Israel did so, putting them outside the camp, as the Lord said to Moses, so the children of Israel did. And so we see here a picture of obedience. God has said something and people obey and do it. It doesn't say, and then the people were asking and murmuring and complaining and starting special interest groups about discrimination. It just says that they heard what God says and they obeyed. And the Lord put them out because he says that you cannot have defilement in the middle of the camp because I'm dwelling there. So he's giving this instruction for obedience, not for obedience, not because of the people's comfort. God is making these rules for his comfort because he's letting the people know that he can't stay in defiled places. And this is why the Lord is always saying that he will leave America to her destructions because he's not going to stay in this defiled place. And now he says, don't accept people who have fish scales. Do not accept them. And don't take in anyone. Don't receive anyone that carries evidence of these genes among you. Do not marry them, he says, and don't receive them, for they are carrying in their bodies evidence of the past sneak attacks of the fallen ones into the world of the past transgressions. These are grievous sins. This is how God sees what the angels did by bringing their DNA into the human pool. God calls it grievous sin. A grievous sin is a sin that beats upon the heart of the person who it's done to. So God is talking about how great is the evil the angels have done him. And yet it's very rare for me to check any of my platforms and see someone saying, 
How great is the pain of God for what the angels did? Instead, it's more like, do you think the hybrids will be okay? And do the hybrids know that they don't have souls? I just feel kind of bad for them. The heart of people to bend towards Satan. It is an amazing ability that humanity has to curve protectively around evil and wickedness and leave God out in the cold. But I thank God that he has his children who will never leave him out in the cold. The true Christians will always immediately reflect towards the Holy One and think, how can I order my life, my spirit, and all that I do so that God will accept to dwell with me and my family, so that God will accept to stay inside my camp. God says that marrying or receiving these that have the extra digits, the extra toes, the extra fingers, the scaly skin, the strange eyes, the webbed hands and feet. He says that there is a gene that is still expressing itself inside these people And when you join with them and mate with them, that gene will express itself in you. So you are a person that's already formed, especially for women, this is important. And so it doesn't mean that the gene is now going to attach to you. The gene is going to attach to your offspring. And this is actually how the Nephilim greatly propagated themselves in the earth. And this is how they have extended their lifespan and multiplied their numbers over time. In this prophecy, I spoke at length about how they have multiplied themselves over time. And so all you have to do is go through the other videos. These videos are detailed because they're teaching videos because in a teaching video, the Lord wants you to grasp both the seed of a thing, the origin, and also the stem of a thing, the outcome of it. So he wants you to know what it was like at the origin point. What is at the core of it? What is Satan getting out of it? What is Satan going after? And then why is God saying no? Is God just saying no because he's the guy that wants to block the good time that all the women want to have in the clubs with the Nephilim and all the gay men will have with the fallen angels when they come? Is that why God is speaking? God is speaking because God knows that as time goes on, the numbers of these beings will outnumber pure flesh. And this is why, as I said in the last prophecies, if you're just going into marriage because he's cute or because she's voluptuous, You have no idea what you're linking up with and you will only find out later when genes begin to express themselves in you. For women, this has literally come out of your belly. Just a moment, please. So when children that have strange powers and strange abilities, the Lord showed me in one of these prophecies, um, a child, I think the child was about eight years old, a little boy, and the scene that the Lord showed me was parents sitting at the table, and there was a little boy, and he was having his breakfast, and they were all sitting at the table, and everybody had food in front of them, but it was only the little boy, about eight years old, a brunette boy, very, very dark hair. Um, Only the little boy was eating, and the child was so happy. He was eating his eggs and his toast and crunching everything, and he was swinging his legs under the table, and he seemed so content. But then when you look at this scene, the mother and the father were sitting at the table like tin soldiers. So they were sitting at the table very straight and their food in front of them was cold. It had been sitting there for some time because the child was uh, about halfway through his meal. The parents had not touched their meal. And I'm looking at this table scene and I'm thinking, 
what is this? And then the Lord begins to explain to me that this child, this boy looked ordinary as anything. He did not have double rows of teeth like the old giants did. He did not have extreme stature. He did not have any anything remarkable about him. He had the right number of fingers and toes. But the evil that was in this child was palpable. There was great wickedness in this child. And the Lord was making me to understand that this child was a tormentor of his parents. The Lord didn't tell me how this child could torment two adults, one of them a male, but he was a tormentor of his parents. And the rule in the house was that the boy ate first and then his parents ate after he was full and had left the table. So the child who doesn't pay the bills or taxes or cannot drive or have access to anything that would mark him as an adult, the child called the shots in the house. And the Lord also let me know that this child was the product of IVF. His mother and his father were not his biological mother and father. The father was sterile and the mother was barren and they had been trying for children for such a long time that they finally decided, why don't we just go and try another, another way because we want a child. And so they went to these IVF clinics and they were given someone's sperm and someone's egg. Neither sperm nor egg came from the male and the female who were sitting at the table. They combined those and implanted it in the woman's belly. And so she did give birth naturally, but that was the beginning and end of any blood relation to this person sitting at the table. This child was part of what God calls born bad. The Lord said, Celestial, ask them if they've ever heard of a phrase called born bad. These are the Nephilim children. They are wicked almost from the time that they can walk. They make everyone extremely uncomfortable, even as babies. In fact, the adults will say something like that, like, my, my, he certainly has a piercing gaze, doesn't he? When he looks at you, you feel that he's looking right into your soul. <laughs> and then adults will laugh because that's some of what adults do. Sometimes evidence is right before them. And then they laugh because they're uncomfortable. And that helps them to stop thinking too much about things. And so this child was the controller of the house. His mom and dad were not allowed to eat. His mom and dad were not allowed to do anything unless it was what the child wanted to do. And this is just... Uh, a, a vision or a dream that I had that is just coming to mind now as I'm explaining that children will manifest with or without visible signs. And I will just say this, that when the Lord brought me into this, I had to go and look, I had to do digging because when God says things, it's not all the time that you just sit there and say, well, Lord, vision me this and vision me that. I, I always said that I don't disrespect God in that way. And one thing I did find that one place that you can get a plethora of images of what I'm talking about is India. I have spoken about serpent people here. This is the ancient race. They say it's a myth. It's not a myth. This is people who are human on top and snake at the bottom. But if they want to, they can transform into snake all the way. The whole thing will be a snake. They can also transform where it is their face and the rest will be a snake. It can be done like that, but also they will have a fully human look. And I had a dream in which 
I said that dream caused me so much grief. It caused me so much internal grief because the Lord showed me myself right here in America, right here in New York City, right here in Brooklyn. And I was walking the same street that I always walk to get the train. And as I was walking, people were just passing me by just like they do in real life. But what I was seeing in this dream is that sometimes a person would pass by and it would be a person and sometimes a person would pass by and it would be a serpent. It would be serpent at the bottom and then a shirt and tie at the top. A shirt and tie and a jacket at the top. And this person is walking by and God is saying this is their real form. That person walking by is a real form. I have shared that sometimes I will have a day and then I will come home and sleep and I will dream my day. But in that day, specific people that I've seen, the woman in the yellow blouse or the boy in the blue shirt, I will see those people again right here in New York City in different forms, such as that, that huge lizard with the tail that can slap a man into next century. And these are the things the Father shows me on my bed when I'm sleeping to let me know that not everything is as it seems, my daughter. And this is why I say that those of you who are chatty patties, you will make a connection with something out there that you will regret for the rest of your life, however long or short it may be. Nephilim can express themselves physically with physical characteristics that you can see in one place that has far too many concerning images for this is India. In India, they have incidences of children, and of course they've given it a scientific name, but they have incidences of children that periodically peel. They shed exactly like serpents do. And of course they'll give it a fancy medical Latin name and everything, but if you, if you simply do your due diligence and look online, you will also find something that um, may really turn your, your stomach, and it is something called Harlequin disease. This is what they call it, Harlequin disease. But if you look at these babies with Harlequin, if you just look, take an objective look and make your own assessments, you will see that there is great credence, great proof of what God is saying here, that we ought be careful. And this is how the Lord has trained me for years. Keep yourself to yourself and let my spirit guide you as to who is who and what is what. So when God is teaching me like that, the last thing that I do is say, but why? I brought a prophecy here towards the end of last year when I was working like a machine um, in November, speaking about how the Lord says that when he gives you a check in your spirit and tells you not to do something such as you're about, to, you, you, you come to a place, right? And there's a group of people and you're being introduced and everyone is like, oh, you know, pleased to meet you, pleased to meet you. And then the Lord says, what if you're presented with a handshake? What if you're presented with the opportunity for a handshake? And I say to you, don't shake hands. That is a warlock. Some of these warlocks carry spells in their hands. They curse their hands. They pray prayers of death over their hands. They pray prayers of poverty over their hands. And then they just go about enjoying themselves, shaking hands with people all day or patting people on the back at work and saying, good job, Todd. And they're putting those spells on you, cursing your life. And then all of a sudden you're inexplicably sick for six months. And if you have a weak constitution, nobody who prays in your life, you can die from the implementation of spells. 
You can be initiated into witchcraft without knowing it. You can come into agreement with the spells of others. How many times have I brought the prophecies here about these stars that you keep defending? You defend them as if they're your mother's last child. You defend them as if you and I are in an argument, as if it's I who will suffer a loss. When you go to a concert and you all thousands of you are inducted into the hall of death, the hall of curses, the hall of sickness, the hall of promiscuity. You act as if I have something to lose by warning you. And this too is the generation of fools because a fool cannot receive wisdom. A fool cannot be warned. A fool cannot listen because the heart of a fool is tied up with his foolery like a cat bundled up in the yarn that it plays with. You cannot warn fools and this is why they die like fools. The book of Proverbs is full of what happens to fools and none of it is positive. And this is the generation that has been taught nothing and so has grown up like weeds, fools, cursed, participating in rituals and calling it fun and entertainment. And the Lord simply was teaching me many years ago if there is a warlock and I say, don't shake, then I said, Lord, then it's don't shake. My hands are going to stay on my handbag strap or something because I want to live a long life, Lord. And besides living a long life, I want to be found obedient. The Bible verse says I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. But the problem with this generation is that this generation does not even receive the heavenly vision. God says nothing to people. They have absolutely no navigation system that's working, very few. And those who have the navigation system working are trying to speak to those who lack it and they're cursed. They're mocked. They're told, go away. This is foolishness. Why are you listening to her? And so they will die like fools. They will stay filthy. They will miss the opportunity to wash. And Jesus will come and surprise them suddenly and find them bound up in their foolishness. And the word bound means to be tied, to lack freedom, to actually be a captive or a slave. And so when these that hide themselves and mingle themselves with the seed of men successfully, I described this child of eight who looks exactly like every other eight-year-old child. And yet the Lord says they are born bad. They're wicked from the womb. These are the little children that you will come home and Roger the cat would have been cut into 51 parts and the baby will arrange all the bloody parts and say, I was studying medicine. And knowing today's parents, they will, they will get over that scream and they will film it and say, oh, isn't he going to be a little surgeon one day? Yes. And when he's old enough, he's going to practice on you because you lack wisdom. These are the children that want to hurt other children. These are the children that stab other children. These are the children from the days of Noah, because the Bible says that in the days of Noah, every desire that was in the heart of man was evil continually. When you watch the progression of the children that are coming upon the earth, I can guarantee you adults, many of you are going to be terrified of what is two and three years old in your house now. And this is not something I'm making up. The Lord has sent me to speak the truth and I will speak the truth. And so this is just one part of the prophecy and it is not part of 
the one that is going to be covered, the one that I will simply call the many words of God for now, because that is how most of my notes, my personal notes are listed. They're just called the many words of God part one, the many words of God part 15, because they cover so many other topics. And so this video is long enough. And this is simply going to be about why God says we do not receive what is defiled into the mist. We're not doing it because, because here's what people want to do. I'm going to put your own mind in front of you so that you can see what you do because what you do doesn't affect me, but it definitely affects you. You will hear the word of God come and then you will say, but my uncle has this. And then I'm looking at the comment and I'm thinking, okay, and so what do you want me to say? Oh, your uncle. Okay. I'm going to go back to God and I'm going to get him to change the prophecy and say, do not receive them. But so-and-so's uncle, uh, we're going to make an exception for that. What exactly do you want? Do you think that you're the first person on earth whereby there is an exception to the rule that God set? God is not doing it to be exclusionist. He's not doing it to be wicked. He is doing it to let, for instance, those who have not yet married, you are the most important demographic that God is talking to. God is saying that you, if you don't approach who you join with, with wisdom, it may be a difficulty for you that will have you wanting to email someone five or six years from now. And I'm not sure who that person is going to be that you're going to email. So especially to those who have not yet taken to wife, taken to husband, these are things that God is letting you know that while you're worried about if his 401k and his credit are good enough, or if her spending habits are something you can live with, there are far deeper things running in the blood that you should know about far deeper things below the surface. Blood is below the surface. You can't see it. And Nephilim don't bleed green and blue like they show in the horror and the sci-fi sci movies because they have been blended with man. It comes out red just like ours but god was saying to me and i will read it perhaps in the next video that blood is actually a song and he said the traits that hide in blood are a pattern and they sing over and over generation to generation and that is why if you have a blue-eyed family the blue eyes keep popping up the blue eyes are not an entity, are they? Nobody ever said, hi, I'm eyes. I'm a whole being by myself. The eyes are part of the whole. Skin color is part of the whole. So what expresses in self, itself in the entity, such as myself that you're looking at, are the brown eyes and the brown skin. They express because they have always expressed themselves in my family. So markers are in the blood and markers express, and God is telling us that a brand new set of markers are about to express. And so if you're already married, there is not much that I can say. These things require prayer and fasting. Questions on YouTube cannot help you. Questions on TikTok cannot help you. They require prayer and fasting. But if, Lord, if the Lord is pointing to things such as um, IVF, and pointing to things such as the fact that they're coming brand new methods of IVF. And you can already see some of them being teased on Facebook. Now I just go past such things because thank you, but just bless Jesus. No, they will come up with brand new methods for this. They will tell you that it's painless. They will tell you the old way was the big needles and a lot of pain, but the new way is just a little prick and a little this and a little that and a little eight year old boy sitting at the table. 
probably radiating evil that had those two grown people, man and woman, frozen like rabbits in front of a snake and the child wasn't doing anything. Their terror was palpable and yet he was not touching them. God saying that the hybrids can emit, I will just speak all the warnings that come into my spirit here, that the hybrids emit something that is paralyzing and I discussed this in the gray aliens prophecy. That's like a one hour and 20 minutes of alien information that it will be hard for you to get from all these conspiracy channels. I got mine from Jesus. This is what I read from. I read from my private journals and I read from the prophecies that God has given me. And so this is not coming from history channel or whatever. This is, this is God's perspective on yes. What we call pop popular culture, pop culture. This is what God thinks. This is how God sees things. This is invaluable information to the Christian who wants to come out of this cotton candy mummified life where all you can think about as a Christian is who's going to win the next election. Who cares when paralyzing forces are coming into the earth? These things can paralyze. These things can put ideas into your mind. And so I see all the tough men always showing up. Well, you know, bless God, if they show up on the porch, they're going to meet Mr. Smith and Wesson, and then they're just going to stand there and emit to you the idea that you should shoot yourself. Have you thought of that, gun owner? who puts all his faith in the gun, um, let it up and bullet it up. Have you thought about what it is to have a grandmother come up to the door and then transform into her lizard form and you're packing and you're ready and she just stands there, does nothing, doesn't use the tail to hit you, nothing, just emits to you a pulse of a brainwave that it would be better if the barrel of that weapon were turned on you. I cannot count how many times the Lord has told me they are not prepared, but oh, how prepared they think they are. How prepared America thinks she is for what is ahead. This is celestial and this is the master's voice. I will simply upload this prophecy for now and I will continue in these things because this is just one little fragment I read that God said, do not receive them. That is the title of this prophecy. And in fact, I'm going to keep the video rolling because there is a little piece from an old prophecy that belongs in this particular section and it would not be right to leave it out. This is a prophecy that has already been dealt with before. So I'm only covering this piece because this is where it fits in. God says, don't receive those with scales. And so here is information from June the 2nd, and this was many years ago. This is 2020. And the title of this piece is simply called Things the Lord Showed Me During Prayer. So it was a 5 a.m. I just came out of sleep and I was crying out to God for mercy. I was deep in prayer, seeking him, seeking him, pressing into him. And then afterwards, instead of talking to me about things that I had been asking about, the Lord held a conversation with me about things that he wanted me to know. Just a moment, please. So by this time, God had been teaching me about the different characteristics, peculiarities in the human population for a very long time. I'm talking about almost 10 years, maybe a little even over that, just little snippets he will mention and then I write them down. And so for this one, God was talking about webbed digits. God said that there are people on earth who have webbed hands and feet. 
He said that they do not have five separate fingers and five separate toes as, as most people do, but they are distinctive in that their fingers and toes have webs. Now, please notice that he didn't say they have six. So these are people who fit the normal five. They do not have an extra digit, but they have webs between the fingers. And he said that webbed digits are only found in amphibians, dwellers of the water kingdom. This is your otters, this is your ducks, your frogs, most birds that use the water and the duck-billed platypus, for instance. All of them have webbed feet or webbed, um, whatever you call the bottom of a duck. Yeah, it's a foot. So even four-legged creatures like weasels and beavers, they have webbed hands, four paws, and feet. And the Lord said that such markers are never supposed to show up among people. So there's medical science, we'll call it webbaceous something, and then God will simply call it a marker that is never supposed to show up among people. And then Lord, the Lord said that sometimes you will not see, because ducks and frogs, when you spread their fingers, you will see the web as high as here with a duck or a frog. And the Lord said, you're not going to see that in people. He said that instead of this tiny lower, um, area that we have he said that you can just expect to see a small wall so maybe up to about here he will say that it will be a very thin wall of flesh between the fingers and then he said some people will have something that is even more different it will be proper webbing which will be that it will be very delicate and transparent flesh that joins their fingers or toes together and he said that when you see this, it is either these people are the real thing, meaning that this is an actual Nephilim that you are seeing, or please listen, because I know that quite a few palpitations have already gone off the Richter scale as I've been speaking, or these are people, but they are manifesting the gene that shows that other being beings have at one time tampered with their family line and as god was talking to me i was simply thinking of the days of noah and all that happened so long ago and so it is not necessarily when you start to see um the extra digit showing up in the family line or you're starting to see uh that oh so and so had webs but then we cut them when they were a baby it doesn't necessarily mean that the person is an actual Nephilim. It simply is, as God was saying, expression of the long time incursion, the long time sneak marine attack into the world that is now like a song. When certain traits get into the blood, they don't leave. In interracial marriages, as we found out in the civil, before the civil rights era and during the civil rights era, when one race joins another pool, the baby can actually lighten up over the years if there is successive marriage to those who are lighter skinned or a light skinned person, even a white person having children through the years with successively darker people can darken the offspring over the years. So the song, once it enters the bloodline can repeat. However, with Nephilim, their blood is of another class. Please do not think that fallen angel bloodline can be bred out of the way completely. This is what God is saying. 
It is not possible to breed these angels out of the way completely. Why? Because they are spirits. Angels are not God. Please understand me because I want people to grasp this. An angel is not God. However, an angel comes from God in that it is one of the highest class of creation that God has ever made. If you listen to the end of the prophecy, the last 20 minutes of the prophecy that is called the rainbow and men, I was speaking from my notes about fallen angels and angels in general. And God says that they are a locked class. If you take an angel into the lab and try to make another angel, you will fail. You cannot replicate angels from angels. This is something that even the angels themselves found out. I bet they were thinking that they would get little cute versions of themselves who would be able to, to just be like dad. They could not. Angels cannot breed themselves. And that's why the Lord said that even Satan cannot make another of his brothers. So if Satan took one of the fallen angels, Semyaza or Azazel or any of them into his evil labs, as he did in the books of Jubilees and Jasher, if he took them into the evil labs and says, let's multiply our ranks. Since Michael and the rest of them, Gabriel and Uriel won't join us, let's multiply our ranks. Satan is unable to make more of his brothers because God says that they are a locked class. He made them and then he put a password on them and they can never be multiplied unless God makes more angels. However, there is no limitation to what angels can mix themselves with and make. And because they are spirits, how do you breed spirits out of flesh? If color, simple, simple color of, of a white person or a black person or Asian features are so hard to breed out of us mere flesh, how do you breed spirit out of the bloodline? And that's why this hidden song, God says, keeps singing through the generations, keeps singing and they have been working to multiply not only themselves with men to create the race of Nephilim that is spirit and man, giant and man. They have been working in their ranks, working amidst themselves. Some of these Nephilim have not a trace of nothing in them. All they have in them is perhaps the flesh that they got from their original human mothers in 0000 BC. That's all they carry. And they've just kept breeding that, breeding that, mostly spirit. Those are the ones that can come and simply make an announcement and freeze and, and mind control people in, in a large crowd. These tall blonde ones that have the appearance of man, but inside them, they are hollow. Those things, they look just like people from Scandinavia and, and the Netherlands and whatever up there. But inside them, there is nothing but empty, dark nothingness. There is nothing but just a chasm, an abyss of evil. There is nothing in them. They think nothing of the death of millions. And yet these are the creatures that endless young people, especially on all these mindless social media apps are waiting for, waiting to form a society, a utopia, something higher than what God made. Be very careful out there. Be very careful what you wish for. Be very careful what you're attracted to. Be very careful what you think would be better than being man. Because as I said at the beginning of the video, and I will end it here, 
Jesus died for men. The blood was shed for all mankind. You step outside of this locked class, which is humanity. There is no Jesus. There is no heaven. There is no eternal life for you. There is no forgiveness for that sin. You that mates with fallen angels. I spoke in the prophecy, the rainbow and men that I saw that the men and the women who slept with the fallen received corruption. They became like metal, like a spoon or a penny that had been left out in the rain for a long time. It went beyond just getting rusty. It went just beyond getting crusty and old. Some kind of radioactive death entered them. They were almost like animals. They were feral. They were bestial. They were no longer people. If you lie down as Sodom and Gomorrah did with strange flesh, that is the end of it for you. For all of those who like to twist the Sodom and Gomorrah story and say, oh no, they were judged by God with eternal burning fire as Jude 1.7 says. But yes, it's just because they were unkind and they didn't have hospitality. They saw those angels enter the town and go to Lot's house and they came to rape them. They had a taste for man flesh, boy flesh. They didn't want women. They were sodomites, and they also wanted to sleep with angels. The same corruption from Noah's day, raising its head, and that is why God sent burning sulfur and fire and cooked those towns rather than have that same sickness spread up again. And now we are here. Yes, we have Google. Yes, we have Wi-Fi. Yes, we have TV and Netflix. We have all the tips and the tricks and the toys. And I'm still saying now in this modern society that we're going back to the Old Testament where people will lay down with what is forbidden and bring the judgment of God upon this whole earth not just America. This is going to be all over the world. It is just that the seat of decrepit life is here. And this is why the Lord has sent me here to speak to this nation about the things that are coming. This is celestial. And this is the master's voice. The title of this prophecy is called do not receive them. June the 30th, 2023. Do not receive scales. Do not receive transparent webbing in fingers of toes. God was speaking of scales on the body of people. God was saying that there are people who have scales under their skin. The scales are shaped like the letter U. So sometimes it's like a wide U, like you see on fish, but sometimes it's a very tight U laid right next to each other, like you see on the bodies of snakes. And the scales are tightly meshed together to form a waterproof barrier on the bodies of these people. They're called serpent people or water people. They can be mermaids. They can be snakes. They can be any other variation of reptile. And they do have the ability to take on full human flesh. And God said that they're right here on earth with us now. Their scales, when they manifest, are usually blue or green or sometimes bluish green. Sometimes they are iridescent. Sometimes they can be yellow or black as you would find on certain species of snakes, but they are mostly the most common colors are leaf green and sea blue. And as the Lord was speaking to me that June morning in 2020, I was seeing bright green scales like you would see on some of these very, very green, black, green mambas 
I was seeing the green of new leaves and I was also seeing sea blue scales. And the next image that I saw as the Lord was speaking to me, I was wide awake. Like I said, I'd come out of a very strong session of prayer. I saw a man in a swimming pool and he was swimming with so much happiness. He was swimming the way you imagine that a goldfish swims. When you finally bring it home from the pet store and you take it out of that plastic bag and you put it into its own big fish bowl for the first time, this man was so agile in the water that he was twisting his body and diving deep into the pool like a seal, doing many tricks. And then he stood up and he shook the water out of his hair and he looked straight at the camera, so straight at my view. And of course I was sitting in bed and I was just seeing this vision in front of me and the man's entire skin was iridescent. Iridescence is something that human skin is incapable of. So I'm sitting here and you can see light reflecting upon my skin, but yet you can still see what is the truth of human skin, which is that human skin is matte. Human skin is matte. Light can hit it, but our skin will never shine and reflect like precious stones or like little mosaic pieces or like little pieces of glass. Skin is unable to do that unless, of course, you put glitter on your face. But this person's skin was glittering. It was shining. It was a gleam that came off their whole body and it was a rainbow gleam. So as the sunlight hit it and the person moves, it was yellow, green, pink, purple, gold like that, exactly like fish scales. And I saw that vision and then it ended. And the Lord said that usually they keep these scales deep under the skin so that you can't see it. But from what I have seen, when they are uncomfortable, so when they are in, for instance, extreme heat, which reptiles don't like, they become uh, sluggish and they become very aggressive and extreme cold, which they don't like because they don't seem to have their own heating, heating internal mechanism for heating. So when it's extremely cold, I think snakes go into hibernation and they're also unhappy. And um, also if there are external factors, such as when they become very angry, when these people become very angry, they lose control of their bodies. They lose control of the ability to be what they are. When they come under a lot of stress, they lose the ability to maintain the shape. They can no longer hold the shape. And that is when they will glitch in that false reality that they are creating to look like a person. That is when, if they've got the upside down eyes, it will show for a second. If they've got the, the thing on the top, the eye on top of the eye, it will show. So they lose the ability to keep themselves. And the Lord says that when they're under stress or tension or very unhappy or under or angry, or maybe it's other environmental factors, the scales also rise to the surface for a, a while. And this prophecy that I'm reading from is called Humanoids and Ser Serpent People. And you can go to the Master's Voice blog and read the prophecy, or you can look here on the YouTube channel and watch the video. But what I saw is that um, I had a dream where I had to go somewhere and I went to the train station and the train came and I got on the train and I sat. And because the presence of God was on me, God showed that his presence on me was, was going out like a radio signal, like a very loud radio signal, like doo, but you couldn't hear it with your ears. And so the human beings on the train, they, they were reading magazines, they were reading their Kindles, they were on their phones, they were listening to music and they did not have any reaction to me. But 
in that train car where I sat were many people who were not people and they began to have uncomfortable reactions to the presence of God that I carry. And so their foreheads began to glitch and I began to see black snakeskin pop on and off of the forehead. And I began to see scales pop on and off of the cheeks, exactly like if somebody with really bad eczema has a flare up, ex except that I made it very clear Scales are not eczema. Scales are not psoriasis. Those things, you can find them in the book of Deuteronomy, I think, it, I think it might be in chapter 28, and it's simply called the diseases of the Egyptians. So those are the kind of skin diseases that God says that comes on people for disobedience. It may not be your disobedience. It simply may be generational disobedience in your family. If you submit these things to the Lord and begin to pray, the Lord can take them off you because he says, if you are obedient to my commands, I will not put any of the diseases of the Egyptians upon you. So these are things that your dermatologist will not tell you. And these are things that the average Christian doesn't know. But those who sit aside quietly with God and learn humbly from him, he says a lot. And then it is up to you to say, well, I don't know. Show me the scripture. Well, then stay with it. That's an option. Stay with it. Because the higher revelation of the Lord, the things that I'm talking about here, you won't necessarily find them locked into any verse. That doesn't make them any less true. And so these people were glitching. Their cheeks, their faces, their forearms. They were so uncomfortable in, these, in this dream. And I was amazed. I was looking at the other human beings like, is anybody seeing this? But nobody was seeing it because God had opened my spiritual eyes and I was watching these people. I mean, the forehead would go and turn black and then skin would come back. And I was thinking, what is this? And that is how the Lord was telling me these people exist. These people are here in our midst. They're everywhere. And so God says that the scales sink deep under the skin and they have skin. And then when they're under stress or things happen, they rise right to the surface and they can be seen sometimes in place of the skin. So the skin will disappear and you'll see the scales or sometimes he says they will rise beneath the scales and you can see them. So the skin will almost be transparent and you can see the scales underneath sitting there. And I would pray for all listening that you never have such an uncomfortable and unnatural experience. And so God was just saying that not every prophecy that we will hear refers to natural things such as governments, the rise and falls of governments and wars and famines. He said, these things have always been a part of human history. And yes, there's a place for them in prophecy, but Christianity by its very nature is supernatural. It is a supernatural exercise. And I'm always saying, if you're following a God you can't see, and yet you want to keep stopping and going, how do I know this is true? And how do I know? Just, you'll go to the back of the line because what's happening is God is at the front of the line. And then God has called his ministers to be like fire and to also fire him. So follow him. And so we are under pressure from God. I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for all the fakery of the fakers that so many of you are in love with. I'm speaking for myself. God sets a hard pace because he's God. He sets a hard pace. When he gets going, he can give me 10 prophecies. And then I'm thinking, where am I going to find the time to write these 10 prophecies and make 10 videos and then make clips for the infants on the social media apps like TikTok? Where am I going to find time to do all this? God sets a hard pace. 
and he will say, keep up with me, keep up with me. So imagine I have a choice. I keep up with God at the front of the line, or I keep having to come back to the caboose and tell you, oh no, when I'm talking about the shape of the earth, it's really, really true. It's really true because God said so. I decline to. It's up to you to realize that you're actually, the further you fall behind, that's on you. That is on you. There are many people who are hungry for God's truth. They're keeping up with me and I'm doing my best to keep up with him. So imagine if you're bleating at the back of the line, like a goat that doesn't know what's going on and insisting that the entire party in the jungle, we're hacking our way through this thing on our way to heaven. And then you keep insisting that everybody stop and make it make sense for you. Tough times ahead. So this has certainly gone its own way, but I believe that I will deliver all these things. This is just one small part. And so God is saying that prophecy is sometimes transcendent, which means it rises into the realm to deal with things that many people have no precedent or filter for. Simple terms, stuff you never heard before. And one of them is the return of the days of Noah. Satan is wicked, but extremely hardworking. He is always on the job finding new ways to circumvent. This means to get around, to climb over, to do a Marine's incursion over the covering fence of God's love for his people. And God was telling me that one of the best and most consistent ways that Satan has found to do this is by using humanity's own disobedience against them and sending humanity demonic things in packaging that man just cannot resist. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me and thank you to all of those who are a blessing to me. May the Lord bless you and return all your gifts to you in multiples. The Master's Voice is available in Spanish. The channel is called Canal Profetico, La Voz del Señor. And you can find that here on YouTube and I think also on Rumble. The Master's Voice Prophecy blog is available on BitChute, Brighteon, and Rumble. The best way to get there is look in the description box and there are links that are always provided. You might have to go back to one of the older prophecies to get those links because they're not going to be much information put under this video today. It is already probably past 2 a.m. here in New York. However, the Master's Voice is also now available on TikTok. The Master's Voice is available on Instagram. The Master's Voice is available as an Apple podcast. It is also available on Spotify. So you can simply go to Google and simply write the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, Spotify, or Apple podcast, and then it should take you um, there. They're relatively new, so I'm not sure if the links will be easy to find on Google, but it's worth the hunt. If I can put in the time, you can also put in the time. I am Celestial, and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy Blog. God bless you, and until I see you again, goodbye.